Lester, the Nightfly. On the Pacific Radio Network. Also made available on PRX, the Public Radio Exchange. All hit radio. Lester the Nightfly? Lester the Nightfly. I'm Lester the Nightfly. Lester the Nightfly. I'm Lester the Nightfly. Hello, Baton Rouge. Won't you turn your radio Hello and welcome to Lester the Nightfly. We have a guest this week, Shannon Keegan. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. So I was working on it this morning, Shannon. I was trying to say Stuttgart. Is that? Yeah. Stuttgart. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and you're at the Staatsoper. Is that how you'd say Staatsoper? Staatsoper. Ah, it is Stadt. Heck. Yeah. Typically, if there's an S next to a T, it's going to become Stadt. With okay. a couple of uh, exceptions. And how is your German? Uh, nicht so gut, aber ich verstehe. No, I'm kidding. No, it's okay. I'm actually really, really trying to learn. It's so hard. I understand a whole bunch, okay. um, but I have a hard time responding just because it's it's a nerve it's a nerves thing, you know. We have a lot of roots in English from German, yes. right? Yes, English is a Germanic language uh, through and through. Uh, so a lot of the syntax is the same and we have mm-hmm. a lot of uh, vocabulary and like I joke that if you just take an English word and like Germanize it, it is the German word. So like uh, 80% of the time you're right. <laughs> so everyone, we, we are really lucky. We have Shannon Keegan here. She is a mezzo-soprano opera singer who is in Germany, as we just said, in Stuttgart and has a mm-hmm. wonderful career happening before our very eyes. Big things have happened this year. I met Shannon so briefly at the song studio, Renee Fleming's song studio at Carnegie Hall. I did two shows. Those who are devoted listeners will remember those shows. And it was all about leader and French chanson and English songs. And it was just, my eyes were just uh, you know, popping from that experience. And Shannon came on stage, I think the first night, and I was blown away. And we all were, Shannon. And I, I, you may know this, this impact that you have on people. But it was like, wow, she's an athlete. This woman's ready to go. She understands her craft. She's got confidence. She's going to tackle this. It was, hey, try it this way. Sure. How about this way? Sure. And you were just like, boom, boom, boom. And we were all like, wow. And I mean that. Everybody in the audience was just, wow, who is this person? <laughs> you have this, this power over people. Do you, do you know this, Shannon? Is this, are you aware of this? I am. And it it simply comes from the fact that I just love people. I truly am such a dork. I just love people. I love connecting with people. And and I just want to give as much of myself as I can, as often as I can. Hmm. Um, So that's where that comes from. I just Hmm. love hanging out with people and singing music for them. I just like it. It was a great occasion for us to see your work and hear your voice and and, and get impressed. And here we are months later now doing the show. I know. It's so neat. 
you are in Germany. You have uh, any plans to be back or is this sort of a permanent thing for you now? I mean, that's a great question. So many singers come here because there's just more opportunity at a higher, more accessible level. Um, I don't I have not forsaken the United States. <laughs> I'm an American singer. I'm fiercely devoted to American opera and new American opera. So it's definitely not goodbye. It's just more I need to get as much repertoire under my belt with stage time. And the best place to do that is Germany and, and to fail in a safe environment, because that's the most important part about our craft that I don't think gets talked about enough. Hmm being in a position to make mistakes and be rewarded for mistakes that's the only true way to hone a craft is to have the the, the allowance to screw up and come back from it i know this about you and yet i you've never said those words to me uh but mm -hmm. i know this from what i witnessed at at song studio i, I was just imagining earlier today in fact saying well if shannon hit a bad note she'd just shake it off and and, yeah. and you know say yep got it let's 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 hit it right next time or whatever the uh ted lasso you know analogy be a goldfish right forget yeah. it ten, 10 second memory and then, then move on you have to have that right the best advice i ever got was fourth grade i was being bullied and my fourth grade te teacher i'll never forget her she told me shannon be a duck hmm. let it roll off your back nice that's my life's philosophy truly yeah. you know you you're going to hit sour notes. Every day isn't a great day. And you just have to accept the voice that you're given on that day and move forward with it as an ally instead of criticizing yourself and, and harming yourself with these negative self-talk and, and, and bullying yourself. You have to just let go. It's in the past. And now you move forward and you, you can do something about the future. Hmm. Hmm. So you, we have a wonderful playlist that you've brought to our table here and there will be more so this is the first of many times that we get to pick your brain and hear your musical taste and sensibilities and stuff what, give us in your own words sort of who is shannon keegan First and foremost, I consider it my um, my privilege and my duty to care for people. And the best way that I figured out that I can do that is through music, which I know sounds cheesy, but it's, it's really what I believe. My musical journey started late. I didn't learn how to read music until I was 18 years old in college for music. Uh, I have dyslexia and I have dyscalculia and I have ADHD. It's like my laundry list of things that are wrong with me. These specific sets of learning disabilities have really uh, influenced my worldview because of the bullying that I experienced because of them, but also because of how they make me interact with music, because all of these things should make being a musician impossible. But I'm always the kind of person that I've chosen the past path of most resistance my entire life and decided to become a musician. Oh, funny. 
Yeah, I always. I was like, what's the hardest thing I could possibly do? And I was like, I'm going to be an opera singer. <laughs> Seriously, the hardest. Absolutely. It's so true. hard. Yeah. It's so hard, but it's it's so rewarding when you when you get it and it makes sense and you figure something out and it, so much of it happens alone in a room with the lights off and you've been pounding yourself against your voice for weeks and then suddenly in one great whoosh of understanding you're like, "Oh!" And then it goes away pretty much immediately and you then have to build the muscle memory to get that back. Hmm. But yeah, so I, I who I am is I I just want to meet as many people as I possibly can and to learn from them and to hear the music that they make. But also, you know, music isn't everything. I'm interested in culture and, and food and, and I'm just a deeply, deeply curious person tempered by, well, I think you, I mentioned in the masterclass, tempered sort of by this uh, sadness that I, uh, I've always kind of carried with me that maybe I was born with, maybe it's generational and maybe, you know, it's just the set of circumstances that I've been dealt in my life that have contributed to this, but, but I don't see it as a negative thing. Hmm. I, I just want to make, to help people understand each other. And that's a big uh, tenet of who I think I am at this moment in time, because I'm open to her changing. You know, you have a, a passenger, a fellow traveler, this sadness is some something that you're always going to have. And you don't have to be friends with it, but it's there. And you have to find a way to work with it sometimes, work, work against it sometimes, and then simply just coexist with it. And this music, so much of this music that I chose that it is sad or it deals with something sad and makes light of it. I think that's what's so beautiful about our art form is you get to see the different shades of an emotion and they're not always positive and they're not always negative and they can really bring you closer to an understanding of yourself within that emotion. It definitely plays a, a, a part in the in my musical taste. Absolutely. I'm very dramatic. So Shannon has a great list of, of music that we're going to go through. It is, I have spent a lot of time with it over the last 24 hours, the last 48 hours, a lot. I mean, I, in the middle of the night, I was listening to Over the Rainbow with Judy Garland from the Wizard Our of Oz, girl. for example. And it, it has, and, and it led me to all kinds of discoveries and hopefully we'll get to some of them as we go, but let's do that right now. Let's go into the first track really, really, really from 1939, Judy Garland over the rainbow from the wizard of Oz written by Harold Arlen. It was called the song of the century. Let's give it a listen and then we'll talk about it.
was the first role I ever performed on stage. And I remember I was in fifth grade. We have videos of it. It's the sweetest thing. I'm so, I've not always been this confident person I am. I was so scared. I was wearing a bracelet and I'm, you can watch me rolling the bracelet around my wrist like obsessively and kind of rocking back and forth the entire performance. And I remember watching this movie with my parents uh, when I got the role and just falling in love with Judy so honest and so raw and i'm a lyrics gal like you'll find too a lot of what i'll talk about with the songs i chose has nothing to do with the music it has everything to do with the lyrics this feeling of of feeling lonely and not knowing where you fit in and wanting to go to a place where, where you are accepted as a fifth grader you know being in a special ed and and not having a lot of friends that was very much how i felt and i i so identified with this character and then she gets transported to this wonderful beautiful land full of horror and also beauty and i just found that so fascinating and of course my fifth grade brain didn't really you know register that i was what 10 but now as an adult i look back and i see that I see Dorothy in the fifth grader who got to play her. So it's it's really a, a special song in my in my heart, in my family. We move on, though, to 1989 uh, mm -hmm. from 1939. Fast forward a little bit. Ramblin' Man from the Allman Brothers Band.
album American Dreams. What is this? Yep. What's going on here? So I, when I was making this playlist, I kind of wanted to chart my musical development in the in the songs that have really influenced my taste that really meant something to me at the time when I was uh, when I had first heard them, you know. So Ramblin' Man, I just have this, my parents and I would go on these car rides and my dad would put on the Almond, Almond Brothers band. I would always put on Ramblin' Man. That's what we're putting on. Uh, my dad had shown it to me and I just became absolutely obsessed with it because I'm a kind of person, I, if I like a song, I listen to it about 150 billion times. <laughs> I'm absolutely sick of it and have it memorized top to bottom. Uh, so that's that's what I, I had them do. Anytime we went on a car ride, we would listen to Ramblin' Man by uh, Allman Brothers. And this was going to piano lessons. And this was going to voice lessons. And this was going to the pool with my friends. And this was just going to Walgreens down the street. Uh, this song was like my entire early childhood. Um, and, and, and same with several other Allman Brothers huh. songs. Jessica, Melissa. I love their improvisational like jam sessions. I think that's so inspiring that, that they were trying to get away from this idea of being a Southern rock band. They were so much more than that. They, they had influences from jazz and, and bluegrass and soul. Yeah, and sure, uh, sure. they're really a remarkable, remarkable band and pioneering this idea of having two lead guitarists. And that was my cat meowing. If you heard that. I um, did a little bit. <laughs> yep, sure, what is your guitar- cat's name again? What is your cat's name? Lark. 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 She chirps like a bird. Like a lark. Oh, I love that. Great name. Wow. Yep. So I, I knew this. I, I, you, you know, I didn't know it, but I, I know it. It was dad. Yeah, yeah. I knew it was dad. I, I, when oh, yeah. I, heard, I saw this and I knew it was childhood. Uh, that makes so much sense. Such a lovely little ramble uh, of a song. Great to hear. Ah, oh, got it. Got it. And by the way, our lips are sealed. <laughs> On repeat, the 45 for days. Oh, yeah. For days. In my house when i first heard that song so i am just like you over oh, and yeah. over and over i get i got stuck two weeks ago on some deep house music where i was in a cafe down in the lower east side and uh-huh. I, I mean it was an hour i kept hitting rewind yeah. on spotify i just i just could not let go very common behavior for me too yep i love it that's how i learned my operas too i just obsess <laughs> mm. So that was Ramblin' Man, the Allman Brothers Band. Moving on, welcome to the Black Parade. I did not know this. My Chemical mm-hmm. Romance, the album, The Black Parade, 2006. Uh, this is a curious thing. A Isn't boy it? and a dad, it seems, go to the city to see a marching band. This is the lyrics. Uh, and the father asks the son to be leader of the beaten and the damned. And then the one quote that I wrote down one day I'll leave you a phantom to lead you in the summer to join the black parade. I think it was lead you in the summer. Yeah. yeah. Wow. This is heavy, heavy stuff. Tell me about this one. I mean, this was, you know, I, this is part of, you know, don't tell my chemical romance this because they were really trying to get away from this label, but this like emo punk of the early two thousands, um, they consider themselves more of a pop punk, Pock, blah, 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 try again, pop punk band. Um, and this was this, their big, you know, chart topper. And it's this seven minute epic, very reminiscent of uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Mm, yeah. Kind of the same uh, structure of kind of three songs kind of mushed into one. And then it comes back from the end, the beginning comes back at the end and all this. It's really interesting. They, they mirrored the Bohemian oh, Rhapsody. Thank you. I didn't get that yet. That's yeah. interesting. 
it's pretty cool. They took the structure that Queen laid out and they did it themselves and they kind of brought it for a new young um, audience. You know, My Chemical Romance evolved out of the tragedy of 9-11. That's what inspired Gerard Way, who was the lead singer to um, start the band. So this whole idea of this disenfranchised um, young generation uh, of that time period having needing a rock anthem. Uh, and this kind of appeared for this kind of fringe pop punk movement that was happening in the 2000s. And I just love this song. I think it's heavy. There's some real dark stuff it talks about, but it's just such a driving uh, percussive song that just makes you want to headbang, you know? And I, <laughs> you know, I am a self-proclaimed yes. bad boy. So, you know, I would listen to this on the bus every day in junior high school. And I thought I was the coolest person ever. I was like, you don't know who my chemical romance is? <laughs> <laughs> and like everyone was like no of course not you know they were listening to miley cyrus and i, I was like i'm not like other girls i'm cool i know and, you know whatever who whatever i thought sure. i was you know 13 years old and thought i knew what being misunderstood was like i just love this song i just i come back to it all the time i listen to it before shows to like hype me up because i just can't help but smile laugh at the child i was when i first discovered this song and also you know just really love the musicological elements of it that make it such an interesting piece when i was a young boy my father took me into the city to see a marching band he said son when you grow up would you be the savior of the broken the beaten and the damned he said will you defeat them your demons and all the non-believers the plans that
it just feels pretty universal in, in how it speaks to you know this feeling of of not of of wanting more you know and questioning yeah i love it just about the same year as welcome to the black parade from my chemical romance was rent the mm -hmm. soundtrack Idina Menzel, Take Me or Leave Me. Let's listen to it and then we'll talk about it. Every single day I walk down the street I hear people say baby so sweet Ever since puberty Everybody stares at me Boys, girls, I can't help it baby So be kind and don't lose your mind Just remember that I'm your
this song, uh, Shannon, there's a line, and it's and you may know this line. I'm sure you do. Cold, yep. you know, you know every word. This diva needs her stage. Oh yeah, that's you. Okay, Absolutely. this is this is all about you. It really is. <laughs> the stage is yours, diva. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Adina really changed the game for what musical theater singers sounded like. You know. Um, she was a wholly original artist when she first kind of burst onto the scene with this piece. Um, and I was captivated by her voice and was captivated. I did this production. This this song kind of marks my progress from want, deciding I wanted to be a perfect, you know, I wanted to be a musical theater singer first. And Maureen, okay. this role that she was playing in this was one of my first musical theater roles. Uh, and it's based off of La Boheme. So funny enough, it's, uh, mm -hmm. you know, Rent is all about an opera. I, I, I was so afraid of how others were going to perceive me and think of me and then come after me for whatever, whatever perceived um, deficiency I thought I had at the time. So I remember getting this role and just being terrified. And also at the time, you know, I was a, a young bisexual and I didn't, and that's what Maureen is. And I was so terrified to be so exposed on stage and have my first experience kissing a woman be this stage show. Um, and it just I... happened to me my, be my best friend at the time, played my lover. Um, so this song, you know, it's between these two women who are deeply in love with each other, but who are also deeply wrong for each other, but hmm. somewhat somehow make it right. Um, so art, this, this art in life connected yeah, right there for really you do. they really did and and it, it, wow. this rent doing the production was a very well, i'm not gonna lie a very traumatic experience for me for many reasons surrounding the production but it was a turning point for me deciding that i'm never gonna let myself be treated that way and i need to take some things from maureen into my life and really own my stage and be who I am because she is unapologetic mm -hmm. to the point where sometimes she hurts people, which I never want to do. But I see her motivation in that, that she loves fiercely, but she also takes fiercely. Um, she's a fascinating character. And I, I just, I love this duet. It's another one of those tracks that just makes you want to scream it at the top of your lungs, you know, and it's fun to sing. It's oh, really yeah. fun. I had forgotten. I saw Rent multiple times when it came out. I was in New York at the time. Still am, of course, and uh, but I had I I haven't listened to Rent in so long. I mean, I just did. Uh, this is so fun to revisit. So fun. All of these lines across my face tell you the story of who I am. So many stories of where I've been, and now I got to where I. But these stories don't mean anything When you've got no one to tell them to It's true I was made for you I climbed across the mountain tops Swam all across the
hiding the words that don't come out All of my friends who think that I'm blessed They don't know my head is a mess No The story is the song and the album, Brandy Carlisle, amazing, highly regarded Brandy Carlisle. This one was from 2007. There's a little pattern here. There's 2005, six, seven happening on this playlist, an important time for you. I, I, I don't have enough to say about this song. Hmm. Uh, funny enough, I heard it for the first time on Grey's Anatomy. Oh, wow. Um, sung by Sarah Ramirez, who kills it. And then I went and I found the song and what struck me as so special about Brandy Carlisle's voice is, and something that I strive and find myself failing at a lot is this unbridled freedom. I am mm. a control freak and it comes through um, sometimes in my singing and my practice, I realize I am imposing myself on my voice and on my music. And something that is so special about Brandy is how sometimes it's just a scream. Uh, yeah. And like yeah. oh it's and it's i just got chills thinking about it you know she sings that line all of these lines and she screams it into the microphone and it's so visceral and it makes you feel so seen and mm. again Brandy carlisle you know this was a time when i was really you know I, I was 10 11 12 you know years old i was um figuring out that i at the time i was bisexual and seeing brandy being this lesbian woman who was so so profoundly successful hmm. in an industry especially at a time when being homosexual was still quite taboo or you know yeah. everyone was, was throwing around slurs at each other at this time for fun and it's not that long ago either but yes of course ago. No. still then we all did it and and it's it's it was so interesting to find this song from Grey's Anatomy and then to go and delve deep into Brandy's oeuvre, you know, and then the, the line that I think speaks to me the most is, uh, you see the smile that's on my mouth, it's hiding the words that don't come out, and all of my friends that think that I'm blessed, they don't know that my head is a mess. Yeah. The first time I heard those lyrics, I thought I was, I mean, even now they just resonate with me so much. I'm so, so good at even from myself hiding what I'm feeling uh, for the sake of being the happy one. Hmm. And that can be so dangerous. 
and it's just a reminder to me this song that um it's okay for you to hide it but you have to make sure that you face it and that you have someone that you can tell the story to it's just one of my all-time favorite songs the quote i was made for you the sense of desperation and then my question at the end does the recipient actually reciprocate it was very unclear to me in this song if if, if it's uh oh thank you for saying that i'm glad you said it i love you too i, I didn't get a sense that that was <laughs> a case I yeah i think it's because she keeps saying it you know it's almost yeah. like a plea a, i was made yes. for you you yes. know and, but it's so interesting it's not you were made for me i think it's so powerful that it's i was made for you right you know um, right yeah, uh, a there's a pleading there's a pleading yeah. going on here that's just I touching for you please i was raised up believing i was somehow unique like a snowflake distinct among snowflakes unique in each way you can see and now after some thinking i'd say i'd rather be a functioning cog in some great machinery serving something beyond me but i don't
fables in sun and Helplessness Blues by Fleet Foxes from the record Helplessness Blues 2011. And I couldn't stop listening, as we said earlier, right? Over and over and over. First, it was the harmony, and I was focusing on the music, and it was all about this, just how are they doing this? And, and then there's yeah. a big transition about three minutes in, and yeah. it, 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 it falls into fantasy and into uh, you, you, you lose yourself. The, the lyrics... If I had an orchard, I would work till I'm raw. If I had an orchard, I'd work till I'm sore. And you would wait tables and sing around the store. Gold hair in the sunlight, my light in the dawn. I just sublime, young love, longing. Uh, and I was so, Shannon, so touched and 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 sad and longing for a life that I never had, I never will yeah. have. A countryside, a, a simplicity, a pure mm-hmm. love, a, a, the, an imagination of another version of my life that isn't going to happen or just I, my cards are here and it was there. I was mm-hmm. really struck by this song. Yeah. Um, what do you have to say about helplessness blues? I just I love the, the my favorite line is what good is it to sing health helplessness blues? Why should I <laughs> wait for anyone else? Mm. I can't swear, but I effing love that part. <laughs> I just, I love it. What good is it to sing Helplessness Blues? Why should I wait for anyone else? And that is so much the place I am in my life uh, right now. Um, you know, I had this, you know, helplessness about me as a child. And now I'm like, I'm an adult. I can do what I want. And and I love this beginning too. I was raised up believing I was somehow unique, like a snowflake distinct among snowflakes. And then realizing as you get older, but no, it's more important to be part of the world instead of separate of it. And I think that's something musicians forget is we are lofted above the common crowd or we loft ourselves above the common crowd where really what makes us musicians is what makes us human. And being part of this great machinery, serving something beyond me, as the song says, is uh, how I feel about music. Um, and that is so exciting to me. And this this song, like you said, it's just, it's so evocative. It's so, it paints such, Fleet Foxes, they're genius at this. 
Is there a lot more where this came from, from these guys? Oh, don't get me started. This whole album is absolute gold. You have to mm. listen to the whole okay. thing, start to finish. All, All of right. their, their foot is really, really something. Wow. Uh, the harmonies, his voice is so unique. It's, a, it's, an, yeah. it's, an, it's not a beautiful voice, and yet it makes you, 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 you lean in you know, because it's so interesting. Truly, I agree with you. It's one of the most sublime songs I've ever come across. We are down to the last track, Shannon, but we end really fittingly at the opera. La Clemenza di Tito was the first opera I saw at the Metropolitan Opera. Uh, so that was a huge moment for me. This is a uh, college, late high school. I knew I wanted to be an opera singer at this point. And seeing this show and seeing a role that I knew I would do on a huge world stage was so important. And this aria, like for me, is my like own personal Sisyphean task. I've been working on this aria and it's so hard and it doesn't come naturally to me, but it's like the great mezzo anthem. All of us sing it. Whatever kind of mezzo you are, you prove your metal with parto. It's devilishly difficult and heartbreakingly beautiful and and tender and virile and vicious. It's it's everything all at once, and it has this wicked little coloratura passage in the middle that is just rude. So this <laughs> this aria shows up in my life all the time, and I'm working on it now. And it's it's like a big goal. It's my big project for the year to get this on its feet because it means so much to me, um, being the first opera I ever saw live. Uh, and it just so happened to be my first live opera experience was the Met. Thank you. 
Great getting to know you. Absolutely. Thanks for being here. Anytime. Awesome. Sing loudly, sing proudly, and uh, we're going to reconvene soon and we'll do another show. Yes, I can't wait. Thank you, PJ. This has been a PJ DJ production.